Welcome to Skyline SIB's podcast. We're so grateful that you're taking time to tune in and we hope that this message encourages and inspires you in whatever season you're going through. Amen. Are you ready for the word? Okay, ready or not, here it comes. Um, I've entitled my message, Unbeatable Resilience Through the Ancient Path of Unceasing Prayer. Okay, last year when I, I was invited by Pastor Philip, he, he texted me and he said, uh, Kdung, will you prepare a message on resilience? So, and so I, the message, the essential Christian. This year he said, unbeatable resilience. I was like, wow, Pastor Philip, you really like the word resilience? Uh, <laughs> last year, just resilience. This year, 2022, unbeatable. <laughs> I was like, okay, Ken, this year we will be unbeatable. Last year, just resilient. <laughs> this year shall be unbeatable. Amen. As we began this year, you know, the Lord dropped this upon our hearts that he said the way into the new era, the way to chart and to be able to navigate into this new era is through going back the ancient path. That was very clear in our time of prayer and intercession, Pastor Sebi and I, you know, and, and we did this message, this series called The Ancient Path. And I truly believe it's something that God has just dropped into our hearts, you know, in, in, in a world that of options. We we're just talking about the subway generation. You know, it's a subway generation where you have so many options. What kind of bread do you want? You're right. And then you go to the cheese. What kind of cheese do you want? It's like, I just want cheese. No, what kind of cheese? Then I, I would like olives. What kind of olives? No, just, just olives. You know, <laughs> I, 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 onions. What kind of onions? Like, oh my goodness, just give me a sandwich, man. You know, and that's the kind of generation we live in. We're just so filled with options. We have, we have so many distractions and things just pulling at us, pulling at us at every moment. The moment you wake up, right? You open your phone and you're supposed to turn off your alarm or read your version app. You end up where? WhatsApp, la, Facebook, la, Instagram. Let's be honest here, guys. Yeah, yeah. It's not just the millennials who like to go on uh, social media. Now I notice my parents, uh, Facebook, la. <laughs> dad, I'm having a conversation. Ah, uh, yeah, what's that? Facebook, you know. So, okay, dad. <laughs> Ancient path. We gotta go back to the ancient path. There are a few different types of ancient paths. One is in the word, of course. Um, but today I wanna talk about ancient paths in unceasing prayer, okay? In the unceasing prayer. And th there is like this huge temptation to want us, as we go back to normal, there's this huge temptation that wants to pull us back into how we lived be before the pandemic. Do you, do you feel that? As things are going back to normal, there's like this, this need, you know, we almost feel like as we go back to normal physically and go back to our normal lives, you know, there's like this temptation to want to go back how it was before. But can I just remind you that God did so much in the past two years. He did so much in our life in the past two years. It costed us so much to remember the essential things in life. It costed us so much to, for God to knock at the doors of our hearts and say, hey guys, you're moving a bit way too fast. Yeah. Your mind is filled with anxiety and worries. Remember those two years where, where, where God dealt so much in our inner lives. 
And when things are going back to normal, there's this temptation for us to go back to that old person, the Rachel in 2019. But guys, can I say, do not go back there. God has already done so much for us to remember what are the essential things in life. It is the voice of Jesus that when he said to Martha, 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 you are worried about too many things. Mary has chosen the better part. And this, no one can take away from her. And in the past two years, you know what happened, right? Everything was taken away from us. Our social life was taken away from us. Our gatherings were taken away from us. The building, the church building was taken away from us. Some of us, our businesses was, was taken away from us. And what were we left with? We were left with ourselves. And what was not taken away from us is our intimate relationship with sweet Jesus. It was, that's the only thing that couldn't be taken away from us. Everything else was taken away from us. But it was in that time of silence and solitude, coming into oneness with Jesus and in His presence, that couldn't be taken away from you. And now when things are going back to normal, do not forget. And the Bible talks about not forgetting, lest we forget. Lest we forget. Let's not ever forget what happened the past two years. Amen? Amen? Let's stay on course. Let's remember the, the, the heart surgery we went through. The anxiety, like what Martha went through. And Martha was mad. Martha was like, Jesus, look at Mary. She's not doing anything. She's not working for you. She's not serving your kingdom. She's not running around like me. And Jesus says, Martha, Martha, too many things. You're worried. You're anxious about so many things. And there's a call in the past two years. Guys, remember the essential things. Slow down. Stand still. And know that He is God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Yeah, last night we did the Exodus 14, 14 pocket verse. And the word was, you know, um, uh, the Lord will fight for you. Hold your peace. And that's the same word over us today. The Lord will fight for you. Hold your peace. Amen. This word ancient path comes from Jeremiah 6.16. It says, um, thus says the Lord, stand by the roads and look and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is and walk in it and find rest for your soul. Someone say rest. 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 I haven't got the slides up. I just pulled this out this morning. But, 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 but rest for your souls. This is the ancient path is a way rest for your soul. That we don't walk in this world that, that, that the world is once and calls us and, and it like drags us to live this life of striving. Their life of rushing, going from one thing to another, to another thing, to another thing. But rest is the way of the Lord. To serve from a place of rest. Because when our fruits come out and it comes from a place of rest, you produce good fruits. Amen. And John 15 says um, that, that we will produce fruits and fruits that will remain. So we're not just called to produce fruits, but fruits that will remain. Amen. That's important because some people are fruitful. They produce things, they think things are coming out of their life. But if you open those fruits, if you open those things, are they good? That's the question. I remember one time I, my parents I had a garden, you know, have a garden, and they had a lemon tree. And this lemon tree was so fruitful, so, so fruitful. One day I came over and I was like, Mom, what a great lemon tree. She's like, you can take all of it. I don't like it. I was like, why? It's such a beautiful lemon tree. You see, you know, I took it, I opened it, and it was dry inside. 
inside. There was no water coming out. And it became a redundant lemon fruit, you know, and, and there was nothing you could do much with it because it didn't have juice. And so we're called to produce fruits and not just fruits, lasting fruits. Amen. And lasting fruits come from a place of rest. That's so good, guys. I haven't even gone into my passage yet. Hallelujah. Woo! 24 minutes. Praise the Lord. Now, let's go. <laughs> Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 to 18. And it says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Now, you know, many times we like, especially young people, we like to ask, what is my purpose in life? What is my will in life? Amen. And so when we ask that question, we always think of it as a very far future. What is my will? Am, am I going to be the, you know, the prime minister of Malaysia one day? Am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? But this is your will. Start here. Rejoice always. Amen. Pray without ceasing. Amen. And in everything, give thanks for this is the will of God for your life. This is your will. This is your purpose. If you start here, you will lead into the greater and bigger things of your great purpose. Amen. Amen. So I want to emphasize on this one, pray without ceasing. You know, this word pray without ceasing, it, it really comes, um, it's the literal translation of come to rest. It's actually a literal translation of come to rest. And the Greek word for rest is the word hesychia. Someone say hesychia. Hesychia. Congratulations, you learned Greek this morning. Isn't that amazing? You came to church learning Greek, amazing. Okay, hesychia means rest, okay? And um, hesychism is a term which refers to the spirituality of the desert. And so there is this term, spirituality of the desert, but hesychism is what you would use as a, as a term for that spirituality. And the people who go into the desert and practice this spirituality are called hesychas. Someone say hesychas. Hesychas. And, and this Hesychas really is um, desert fathers and mothers. One of my favorite authors is Henry Nguyen. Okay, I don't know if you guys have read Henry Nguyen's books before. It's small little booklets. It's really the depth of the spirit is really there. Um, and, and, and he actually practices Hesychism. Okay, and uh, one of his books called The Way of the Heart was a book that really impacted me sometime um, last year and this year and, and many other books as well. But but this book, uh, he really expounds what, um, he what Hesychas or Desert Fathers and Mothers do. So I'm just going to read an excerpt from there. And it says, Desert Fathers and Mothers were Christians who searched for a new form of martyrdom. Once the persecutions had ceased, it was no longer possible to witness for Christ by following him, following him as a blood witness. If the world was no longer the enemy of the Christian, then the Christian had to become the enemy of the dark world. They would often take flight to the desert as a way to escape attempting conformity to the world and culture they lived in Egypt. So they would go out, take flight into the desert. It was here they became a new kind of martyr, witnesses against the destructive powers of evil, witnesses for the saving power of Jesus Christ. Now, desert fathers and mothers lived in a time where, uh, lived in a time in the fourth and fifth century, okay, and they lived in Egypt. 
And at that time, persecution over Christians had ended. So the, the, the Egyptians allowed the Christians to practice their spirituality in Christ. But because they lived in such an environment and in a very worldly culture that was godless, it was a little bit hard for them to practice their spirituality. So what they would do is they would take time in silence and solitude, take time outside of Egypt, and they'll go out into the desert and they'll spend time with God. They'll spend time in the Word. They'll spend time in worship and especially prayer. And they would pray and they would pray and they would pray. And then they'll have a revelation upon revelation of God, okay? And then they'll come into alignment with Christ again, come back into Egypt, and then they're able to live their life once more. And we're now living in a generation that although, yes, you know, how privileged are we here in East Malaysia that we get to have freedom of religion. That's amazing. We're allowed to worship the way we, we do. But honestly, we still live in a very godless culture. We still live in a very godless city, you know, and, and, and we need to be able to come back into alignment with God and that takes inten intentionality and that's where the ancient path comes along. And I've learned this, okay, um, and, and being a young millennial, right, um, you know, it's so, uh, I, I'm, I grew up in this culture where I need to be engaged all the time. I need to be engaged in my phone and to be engaged in my laptop and to be engaged in my work and engage, 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 that it's, we leave so little room to be engaged with God. And so silence and solitude, the ancient path, calls us to come out of that and to intentionally just be with the Lord. That's what desert fathers and mothers do. Silence and solitude is not even a new term that we came up with recently. In fact, if you think about it, the, the, this had gone all the way back to the 4th century, yes, ancient of days, but also all the way to Moses. Think about how he was raised in the palace as the prince of Egypt, right? And then because of that, you know, he went through a little bit of drama and then the Lord took him to the wilderness. And it was in the wilderness for those 40 years that he came and encountered God in the burning bush. And I truly believe that at that place of the wilderness, everything was stripped from him. He was no more the prince of Egypt. He didn't have any more authority or rulership under him except maybe over the sheep, right? And in that place, he began to seek God who would give him that kind of um, peace. And, and at that place, he became so close and so one with the Lord that he was just taking a nice walk and he saw a bush and the bush was burning and the Lord called out to him from that bush. How powerful is it when we would just intentionally take time away from the Lord? What happens is He strips us away from our role, my role as a pastor, my role as a daughter, a sister. You know, I have so many roles. I'm not just a pastor, you know. I'm, I'm also a friend and I have all these other roles on me. But when I go away and I'm alone with the Lord, I am nobody. I'm just His daughter and because we, I, I believe like what happened was the world was in such, a, and it, we were on overdrive. The world was in such an overdrive that God was just like, okay, he allowed the pandemic to happen. And we were forced to go into silence and solitude. The ones who came out stronger, the ones who took it seriously. The ones who came out weaker, the ones who didn't take that time in silence and solitude seriously. 
And we began to see that even in our house and in our church, the ones who backslided were the ones who really, you know, were just like playing throughout those two years. But the ones who came out solid, strong, ready, focused into this new era were the ones who really took time away and came away with the Lord. Amen. Deuteronomy 8.2, and you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way the, these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep His commandments or not. And so when we go into the desert in silence and solitude, you know what God does? He wants you to come to a place where, where you say, Lord, show me your face. Show me your face, right? And, and, and when we say those kind of prayers, basically what you're doing is you're inviting Him into your heart and you're saying, God, show me who I am. Because if I know who I am, that I will know who you are because he would reveal the things in your heart. And, and, and he strips you away from everything that you actually are. And then he, said to, he, says to, he says to Moses, to humble you and to test you and to know what is in your heart. In another scripture, it says, the heart of man is deceitful above all else, right? Who may know it? So sometimes we don't even know what is in our hearts until we come into separation unto the Lord. What is in our hearts will be revealed in silence and solitude. Let me just show you the difference between these three things. Now, silence prevents us from being suffocated by a wordy world and teaches us to speak the word of God. And so when you go into these times and these moments of when God calls you into silence and solitude, it, you literally need to be silent, okay? Uh, don't talk so much. Jangan ngomong-ngomong kosong gitu. Don't know if there's any Indonesians here. <laughs> but but if you if you ngomong-ngomong kosong, meaning if you talk zero point, okay, um, then, then you'll defeat the purpose. When you come into silence, it prevents us from being suffocated by a wordy world. And we live in a wordy world. I mean, think about about it you get into your car you're driving to the office you see all these words flashing in front of you whether it's the signboard whether it's this whether it's that and then you get into the office you get onto your laptop more words you get into your phone more words and so we're constantly bombarded by words but coming into silence allows us to just be still. And the second part is solitude. It shows us the way to let our behavior be shaped, not by the compulsion of the world, but by our new mind, which is the mind of Christ. It's when we can come into stillness and to not follow after the compulsion of the world, but our new mind, which is the mind of Christ. Now, this is where unceasing prayer comes into play. And unceasing prayer gives silence and solitude their meaning. All right. Now, if you just are silent and you just are solitude, you're just um, um, becoming a monk, which is <laughs> and you're just being quiet, right? But if you if you go into unceasing prayer, it will give it meaning. So in that time, learn to continue to pray. Always pray unceasingly. Okay. Now I'm going to give you just four simple points about what Hasidism prayer is. Number one is this, it's prayer of the heart. Prayer of the heart. Now, prayer in the heart is when we pray beyond our intellectual capacities. Prayer of the heart is when we start off praying from here and we, when, and, and we stay there long enough and we repeat and we begin to meditate upon those prayers and sometimes meditate upon scripture that it would drop from here and come down here and it would enter into your hearts. But the problem with us is that we are so intellectual. You know, our, our biggest handicap, you know, is, is, is we're sometimes too smart for our own good. And so we, we, we stop here. 
And, and we think and we think and we pray. Hey, look, don't get me wrong. I believe that prayer is um, speaking with God and thinking about God. But sometimes when we, we, we just stay here, we, when we just stay in our thoughts and all that, it doesn't have a breakthrough to come into our hearts because prayer needs to move from intellectuality into spirituality. It needs to move from here to here. The thing is, if I only experience prayer from my mind, then I experience God from a very intellectual way. Meaning, if I present a problem to Him, I expect a solution. You know, if I formulate a question, I expect an answer. If I ask for guidance, I expect a response. And when we don't get those things, we, 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 we get sien lah, correct? Sien lah, you know? And then we're praying and we're thinking, it's like, okay, God, are you even listening to me? Because I don't see these things happening even when I pray it. Prayer of the heart is praying with our minds in our heart. They are not exclusive on their own, meaning thinking and, um, and, and feeling in a the heart. They're not exclusive. They're very much connected. Now, I don't know about you, okay, but I've come to a place where I recognize that I'm very well aware of the limits, of the limits of where my intellect can only take me so far. My intellect can only take me so far that it, can, that it cannot go to my spirituality. You understand? You understand? And, and I'm so aware, right, that I've come to a place where the depth of man is crying out to the depth of God. And I don't know about you, but I'm really kind of sick and tired of doing the same old, same old Christianity without experiencing a greater spirituality of God. And I come into prayer sometimes and I'm like, God, there has to be more than this. Surely there has to be more than this because the depth of man is crying out to the depth of God and my words are so limited. My words, I can't even articulate that depth that I feel inside that cries out to the depth of that great God. Amen. And sometimes I get stuck because I'm stuck here. I'm trying to formulate and understand it because I'm out. And the problem when we try and figure God out is that we try and control Him. That if I figured Him out, then I can control Him. Because if 1 plus 1 equals 2, then all I need to do is 1 plus 1. You know, we, we formulate our relationship with God when it gets stuck here. But praying in your heart is moving from that of here to here. And you got to press in. You just got to press in. You got to stay in silence and solitude. And no matter how much distraction the world tries to pull you out and it tells you, hey, hey, this is more urgent. Hey, hey, this is more important. Hey, hey, have you texted that person? Have you seen that video? You know, and that's when you got to just hold yourself together, hold your peace and come into the Lord and come into the silence and the solitude of the Lord and say, here I am, Lord. And I want more. There has to be more than this. There has to, and I want to tell you what, there is more than this. Amen. There is more than this. Yeah. And I'm more than, I, I tell you what, God is, even God is, I feel like sometimes He's bored of our religious religiosity. 
he's kind of bored. We have what we call OS, which is the order of service. You know, we've got timelines and all that. And, and it's just like, okay, guys, of course, my lead pastor is a Singaporean. So we're, we're like, you know, like, everything is on time, right? And then here comes the Sarawak and I'm like, sure. <laughs> and everything is on time, right? And, and sometimes I feel like God's like, you mean you want me to move only for half an hour? You mean only between this time and that time only I can move? It's like, okay, God, Holy Spirit, you can be spontaneous, but only from six to five, you know? Like we give him a time limit, you know? And I feel like God just wants us to break out of that mold. And he says, more, there is so much more to my presence. Will the depth of man cry out to the depth of God? Because I tell you, this generation is sick of religiosity. We are sick of program and organized Christianity. We want the real thing. We want the real thing. And I, you know, I'm a pastor's kid, man. I grew up in church from prayer meeting to youth camp to prayer meeting to all these conferences. And, and, and I, I saw and I thought, could there be more than this? And so I went into the world because I saw that my friends are having much more fun. They're laughing way more than those people in church. Ooh. Hard truth, eh? Someone once told me, if you want, if you want honesty, don't go to a church, go to a bar. Ouch. And I did find honesty in a bar. There were a lot of rubbish people there, but they were honest, you know? And I enjoyed myself there. You know, I, I remember happy hour, we'll go after work and I'll be there from 5.30 and then sometimes to 10, sometimes to 2 a.m. And, and I spent like three times a week in a bar. Five, six hours. And then here we are, we come to church, we're like, oh, two hours. After half an hour, oh, love it, this pastor, very hungry, Leo. Can she stop talking? What is she talking about? You know? And we're just like, no, two hours, that's all. That's all we have in the presence of God. But in a bar, I can just hang out, have conversations, and I'm there six to eight hours, three times a week. In the past, I don't do that anymore, guys. <laughs> Just uh, FYI, Pastor Philip's like, oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, I, I must say, Pastor Philip and Pastor Nate took a risk on us, okay? We're millennials, you know. It's very risky to invite millennials to <laughs> help me your pulpit, but <laughs> awesome, Pastor. <laughs> There is more to life than this, guys. And we must cry out for more. More than anyone else in this room, God wants to pour out the more. More than any one of us. He does want to pour out His Spirit. He does want to give you the more. It is available for every one of us. But it needs to take us to come into intentionality. It takes us to come into silence and solitude with Him and say, Lord, yes, here I am, totally, completely, body, soul, and spirit, totally, completely available for you. And how much you receive will be determined on how deep your wells are. Oh, that's so good. Man, I'm preaching better than you're responding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? 
you got to dig deep, guys. We got to dig deep. And even when I'm speaking right now, you know, it's very hard to articulate spiritual things. I think that's the hardest thing. Is to, how do you articulate spiritual things? It's intangible. But the best way I can say it is just dig deep. You can keep digging. Don't stop. We get so distracted. We dig halfway and we're like, oh, I need to make cookies. I got to start baking or something. I don't know, man. But we just got to dig deep. You got to press in. Go deeper. The deeper your wells, the greater God can pour into your life. Amen. Amen. Number two is this. Hesychism prayer is prayer of truth. It is prayer of truth. And the most profound insight of the Desert Fathers is that entering into the heart is entering into the kingdom of God. Because many times we think, when we think about a kingdom of God, we think about it as a very external thing. Like God is sitting in, in the, on His throne in the celestial universe, in a very far, far away land, and, and where, where there's rivers, you know, of crystal and, and the 24 elders. It, it, it sounds like somewhere very far. But there's this simple truth where the kingdom of God is much closer than you think. In Luke 17, 21, it puts it this way when Jesus says, For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. It's not that far away. It's right here. You can go there anytime. And it is that beautiful. There is a throne there. There is a river there. There are 24 elders there worshipping Him day and night saying, Holy, holy, holy are you Lord God Almighty. But it's not there far away. It's right here. And the doorway of the kingdom of God is much closer than we think. I, I, I want to show you this image. I wrote here, the, the doorway to the kingdom of God is within your heart. And that's called the door of truth. The door of truth. Now I had this revelation in my time of, of prayer. And what, what, what happened was, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard of Sozo, um, Sozo ministry, where you go through in, inner healing and deliverance, and uh, it's, it's mainly inner healing, okay? And uh, Sozo ministry allows you, that they help you, um, they lead you into meeting God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You have conversations with God the Son, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit, okay? And so I did that. I signed up for it. I went to, to, uh, to Singapore, and, and the facilitators put me through this. And I came to find I could have real conversations with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. I took those tools. I came home, and I started to do this every day. I went through a process every morning in my heart, okay? And, and, and your process may be different, but my process, God took me through this very interesting process that I would wake up in the room of my mind. Like I just imagine when I wake up, I'm waking up in the room of my mind. I open the door, I go downstairs. When I go downstairs, there's a door there and the door looks like this. And the door is around the, a, a desert. And the door of truth is there. And every morning I do this, I knock on the door and I say, Daddy, can I come in? And then he opens the door and many times he will deal with the things in my heart. Because sometimes I went to sleep with anxiety. Sometimes I went to sleep with, you know, thoughts of my own personal insecurities. Sometimes I, I had like terrible dreams, you know. And when I, right before I enter in, he says, Rachel, is there something you want to talk about? You know, and, 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 and we go through this process where he, he speaks to my very core, my very being. And one day, okay, I'm just going to tell you one of the stories. There are many things that he has done every morning. But this one morning, okay, he said to me, Rich, 
you are really competitive, you know? And before you enter, I want you to repent of your competitiveness. I was like, what? Me? I am the most not, most not. I'm number one in not being competitive, God. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I'm so not competitive. You know what I mean? And then... <laughs> And then, and then, uh, and, and, and then he, he reminds me, eight years old, you know, he, he gives me this, um, this remote control uh, console. It's a, it's a video game. It's a blue remote control, console video game, and it's a game of Tetris. Eight years old, I was given this, this game, and, I, and those days, no Nintendo, you know, we couldn't afford one. But I was playing Tetris, and I would beat my level, beat my score, da 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 da, da to a point where I couldn't beat it. And I tried and I tried and I tried and I was so frustrated. I was so angry. My mom was in the kitchen. I was just on the other side and I was like, no, I need this game. I cannot pass. I cannot pass. I was so angry. My mom shouts from the, li- from the kitchen. She goes, Rachel Kedung Bulan. And when your parents call you by their full name, it's very dangerous, you know. <laughs> I knew I was in trouble already. She said, what's wrong with you? Why are, you, why are you screaming? I said, I can't win this game. I just, I don't know what's wrong. And she takes it away from me. She says, if you don't know how to play well, do not play at all. And, 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 and God reminded me because she really took it away. She never gave it back to me, you know. And God remind me how my competitiveness can come to a place that, which was destructive. It was destructive to the people around me. And so, you know, um, I was going through a little season. Hallelujah. I'm not like that anymore. God dealt with, remember the story? He dealt with me already, huh? Okay, la, I mean, like, that's, sometimes that's who you are, right? Just got to channel it in the right way. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, uh, and, and so I, I came to the door and the Lord said that to me. And I said, um, okay, God, I'm going to lay down this side of me. I'm going to work on this. You, you said it, so it must be. You know, and then enter into his room and then he gives me gifts and he speaks to me about different things that's going to happen throughout my day and stuff like that. Amen. After that, breakfast, after that morning time, I go out for breakfast with my friends. You know, and, and I'm going for breakfast and, and after the breakfast, my friend says, um, actually, she's here. Chen, Chen is here. She, she, we were having breakfast and she says to me and Sabrina, oh, I, I bought you both something that I saw online. And I really, really liked it. And I thought, you know, um, I want to get you guys gifts. So at the end of it, she, she gave me this gift. And she's like, here's yours, Pastor Rachel. Okay. I don't know if you can see it. And I don't know if you can zoom in. All right. But it is a pin, a, a pin of a blue remote control console. It is the exact color of my remote control console when I was eight years old. The exact color. It looks exactly like this. Exactly. I mean, how weird. Why would anyone buy me a pin with a remote control? And then on it, it says, the enemy is underneath your feet. What is the connection, Leh? I mean, in real life, there's no real connection. But God literally was speaking to me about this, that if you don't allow this part of your life to die, the enemy has a foothold in your life, Rachel. And not only will that happen, is that when the enemy has a foothold in your life and this gets out of proportion, you will hurt the community that you, you are in. And, it, and, and, this, and this word, the enemy is underneath your feet. And God just reminded me, that was not just a prayer. That was real. I knew at that moment what God was saying to me was that, Rach, this is real. I'm really speaking to you. This is not your imagination. 
when you come into the doors of your heart and you come in through the door of truth and you say here I am Lord do what only you can do and deal with me deal bountiful bountifully with me you can do whatever you want to do you can enter into that door of truth is that good that's so good amen I love how God, that, that's just one story of how God bridged uh, spirituality and, and, and na the natural, you know. And, and by doing that, what happened was I had more confidence in praying in that place. And I came into a place of Hesychism prayer last year. And, and I just prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I found God would answer my prayers almost, almost immediately. Almost immediately. In Psalms 139, 23, 24, I'm just going to quickly go through this. God, I invite your searching gaze into my heart. Examine me through and through. Find out everything that may be hidden within me. Put me to the test and sift through all my anxious cares and see if there is any path of pain I'm walking on and lead me back to your glorious everlasting way, the path that, lead, that brings me back to you. I began to meditate on the scripture because God began to say to me, you know, um, pray this prayer. Search my heart, oh God. Examine me through and through. Test and sift all my anxious cares. All the things I'm running through in my mind. All the things that are, that are bothering me. The burdens of... Mm, the burdens on my heart, the burdens on my life, right? And, and then he goes on to say, if there is any path of pain, and at that moment in time, my path of pain, that which was bringing a lot of pain to me in my community, was this issue, you know, of being un uncontrollably competitive. And, and, and the Lord just dealt with me in that. And every time He deals with you, right, and you surrender that part of your life, you go into this place of truth, the path that brings me back to you. The path that brings you into the kingdom of God goes through the door of truth. If you're able to allow God to deal with you, those little annoying foxes in our hearts, right, and, and we pinpoint it, our insecurities, our, you know, our need to compare, our need to compete, our need to be first, our need to be pretty, you know, that, 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 that can really be an issue in our life. And God says, hey, that's enough. That's enough. You can't come into my presence if you carry this baggage with you. And he says, leave it at the door because I want you to come into my presence. St. Anthony the Great, which is um, a desert father, he put it this way. He said, he who knows himself knows God. And I kind of briefly mentioned that just now, that to know God, there is an invitation, right? To know him is to know who you are. You know, and we're all, we all have different personalities and God has uniquely made you. Some people, they spend a little bit more time on lah, okay? But for the rest of us uh, people, you know, He has uniquely made you. And when you come to know who you are, the, the, the battles and the struggles you, you go through, you're actually coming to know God. The God who created you specifically and uniquely you. Amen. Wow, I've got, <laughs> got a bit to say, but Matthew 5, 8, blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. That's so simple, right? Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. And when we, when we cry out, God, my depth is crying out to your depth. I want to see you. You know that song? Show me your face, Lord. 
Show me your face. I can make it to the end if I could just see your face. And when we say, Lord, show me your face, there's a, there's a call to that. There's a path to that. And that's through a pure heart. Thirdly, a sickism prayer is prayer that includes all our concerns. Now, you know that scripture in Matthew 11, 29, 30. It says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus says, right? And it says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, that's, 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 that's so crazy because, you know, um, Jesus is calling us to take his yoke from him. And, you know, our own yoke already very heavy, true or not? right? <laughs> Our own troubles is already heavy enough, leh. you know, and if you have three kids, oh man, if you have three kids like, like me, my brothers, oh man, my poor mother, you know, and, and your own yoke and your own burden is already so heavy, your job, what more to say, take Jesus' yoke. Do you really mean that? How can we take Jesus' yoke if my own yoke already is so heavy? But the truth is here. He says, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is, is, is light. And, and there is this where God calls us, you know, to share in His burdens, to share in His yoke. And because in his heart of hearts, you know, Jesus, there are many things about him. He's zealous. Uh, he's, he's, he's powerful. He can raise the dead and all. But, but in his heart of hearts, he is gentle and lowly. And the Lord invites us to have the same heart as him. So you can be all of these other personalities. You can be strong-willed. You can be determined. You can be a go-getter. But in your heart of hearts, the Lord calls us to be gentle and lowly like him. And then we can carry the yoke and the burdens that he has put upon our life. And that's, that, that's, that's just so interesting, okay? Because when we think about unceasing prayer, how is that even practical? How does one pray unceasingly if you're cooking? Like, I need to think about the ingredients. How do I? Or, or how do you pray unceasingly when you're studying? How do you pray unceasingly when you're doing other things in the world and stuff like that, right? And, 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 and here, the Lord gives us keys that you can pray unceasingly when you do it in your heart. You do it in your heart. And you do it, okay, this is my last point, nurtured by short, simple prayers. Nurtured by short, simple prayers. And, and you do it by having repetitive Prayer. Pray short, simple prayers throughout the day, and we are out of words. Pray in tongues. Wordiness and prayer can often lead us into fantasy and sidetrack distraction. By praying single words and, and short sentences repetitively allows our minds to concentrate and it'll help us to descend with the mind and into the heart. All right, and so I said this just now, that this is how you can pray unceasingly prayers, is that continue to pray. If God gives you a sentence, He gives you a revelation about something, keep praying that prayer of revelation until it becomes part of you and it drops into your heart. One of the Hasikism prayers, like literally, this is what they would pray. They would say, Dear Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, for I am a sinner. They would pray this for hours, you know. Dear Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, for I am a sinner. And when they continue to pray this, what happens is it moves from here to here. And when you, when you just continue to pray that prayer, you recognize that Jesus, He is God. Dear Lord Jesus, Son of the living God, have mercy on me. And Jesus came down to be one of us, 
so that we could experience Him. And we say, have mercy on me, for I am a sinner. And it causes you to prostrate and come into a posture of total dependence of God. And so when you come into this kind of prayer, repetitive small prayers, it allows you to come into posture and you become your prayer. And you come to see that your prayers get answered very fast. I've been practicing this this whole year. And I tell you, it's so fun and so restful. It is so good. It's very restful. And I enjoy praying now because I used to think if there's something wrong, I need to lock in an hour and I go, you know, and, it, and, and sometimes that God calls us to go into warfare. Yes, there's time and place for that. But most times he's just calling us to go into hesychism prayer. You have a problem with your son, your daughter, go into hesychism prayer while you're cooking. You can pray for him. Repetitive prayers until you have a breakthrough. Amen. Amen. Can I just invite the, the, the keyboardist as I close? You know, um, just to be very practical here today, to go into a time of silence and solitude and every day lock 15 to 30 minutes in your day to just pray, to be in silence and solitude. And, and, and what I do now is that I would put an alarm. And no matter how much, you know, very urgent matters drops into my mind, and I, and I feel like I need to respond to the urgent matter now, I will not because I will press in until my alarm goes off. And so you, in, in a day, you would take 15 to 30 minutes. This is very practical, okay? Try it. 15 to 30 minutes to just lock in with the Lord. Be still. Be silent. And pr press in. You can go through that process that I went to and just speak to God the Father, God the Son, and God, or God the Holy Spirit. And then in your week, you can set a day in silence and solitude. Keep praying throughout the day. And then in a month, what you want to do is you set a couple of days to be in silence and solitude. You know, so in a month, you can take two days, one night, three days, two nights. Go away and just be alone with the Lord. And then sometimes in a year, you can take a couple of weeks to be in silence and solitude. And so we do, um, you know, 40 days of prayer and fasting sometimes. That, that, that's, that's something that would be part of that prayer and fasting, to just lock in with God, be set apart for the Lord. Amen. And I feel like these are keys that God's giving us to move into the future, to have unbeatable resilience. We're going to go back, we're going back to normal, guys, and, 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 and things are moving, are going to move fast again and even faster still. With the metaverse going on, do you guys even know what, what the metaverse is? I just learned about this from an eight-year-old. He told me what a metaverse is and I was like, oh my goodness. You can go to university online, you know, and you can meet people in cafes in your virtual reality. And many young people are living more hours in the virtual reality than they are living on earth. That's the kind of generation we're coming into. And, and here are some keys for unbeatable resilience to come into silence and solitude, learn to take, take time away and be with the Lord. Be with the Lord. Amen. Amen. We're just going to respond. Just stand on your feet this morning as we respond to the word in Jesus' name.
This prayer, this time of prayer is for every one of us. Can you just put your hand on your hearts and just pray over you? Yes, God. Yes, God. Father, the, the depth of man cries out to the depth of God this morning. Lord, every single one of us desires for more and we know that what we've seen in the past is nothing in comparison to what you're going to do in the future. That the days are coming, God, where you're going to pour out your Spirit. And I pray that every single one of us, God, we will have deep wells within our hearts, we'll have deep wells within our spirits, God. And every single one of us, God, will hear your call. You will hear you calling unto us to be set apart unto you. And when you do so God will say yes Lord here I am and whether in a day God you're calling us to be set apart for you for minutes yes here we are Lord here I am and whether within a month God you're calling us to take a few days with you we will say yes Lord here I am and whether within a year God you're calling us to take weeks to be set apart for you you will hear a cry from your people who would say yes Lord here I am and do as only you can do Father I thank Thank you for skyline God I thank you for this house I thank you for the wells that have already been dug God in the past two years and even the years before father I thank you God that there's already a well here father I thank you that there is gonna go deeper and deeper still God I pray that there'll be such a cry there'll be such a cry for more of you God I pray God that, the, that there'll be such a desire to go through God that go past the, the natural things the things that we've tasted and seen in the past but I know there's still so much more God there's so much more that we can ever ask dream or imagine even in experiencing your presence God and I pray that there'll be such a tenacity to pursue your presence God break the barriers of our minds break the barriers of our intellectual intellectuality God that that you would speak to us in a very spiritual and powerful way in our hearts father and so we welcome your move Holy Spirit we say Holy Spirit come and do as only you can do in this house God Holy Spirit come and lead the way Holy Spirit come and blow blow my 
amongst your people blow in this house God because we know Lord that you're doing so much more increase 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 the faith level God increase the spirit in this place God that as we just cry out we pursue you God there will be more there will be more there will be more in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name amen 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 at this point I just want to pray for anyone here you know this may be your first time in church after a long time and and, and you may you know you may not capture everything that I've said today but you know God is knocking on the doors of your heart it could have been from the worship can it be it could have been on, on uh, through the word you know and God is just knocking on the doors of your heart and he's saying welcome home son Welcome home, daughter. It's time to come home again. Can I just share a little story about my life? Just a short one. You know, my, my mom, you know, if you, if, you, if, you, if you know my mom, my mom is a very simple woman, okay? Uh, she just, she only finished from, from three, you know, and, and, and she's a very simple, very simple woman. But she, but she was blessed with three very strong-willed children, okay? Me and my three brothers are so notorious. We're so naughty. We went into the world. We did all sorts of naughty things okay but it was through the prayers of my mom all of us know this that we came home and we are home today my eldest brother is a pastor in every nations you know I'm a pastor my middle brother he just came home to the Lord after three decades of being away from God you know and, and I tell you it's because of the prayers of my mom that we are all here we're, we're back in God today you know and, and and there's something very powerful and I just felt like there are some parents here who are praying you're interceding for your children and I want to say this you know it's not about how articulate you pray it you can pray very simple prayers like my mom just keep praying just keep praying and, and call them home and say and say son come home to the father's house daughter come home to the father's house and, and now even in this room there's some of you who have just come home and your parents have been praying for you. Your family members have been praying for you. Your friends, you may not even know this. They have been praying for you. Now can I have every eye closed, every head bow? I just want to pray for these ones. I don't know who you are, but on count of three, I want to know who I'm praying for. Could you just lift up your hands so I know who I'm praying for? If you want to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior this morning, this is an opportunity to start a brand new, wonderful life with God, okay? <laughs> Trust me, it'll be the best thing you've ever done. You know, I, I went into the world, I couldn't find the kind of peace and joy I can find in, in, in the house of God, in His presence. And now I want to invite you okay to, to to pray the prayer and receive Jesus in your heart so on a count of three would you just lift up your hands so I know who I'm praying for and ready in one two and three just lift up your hands so I know who I'm praying for I see your hand brother I see your hand I see your hand sister anybody else I see your hand there sister praise the Lord anybody else can I pray for to just receive Christ into your heart amen awesome awesome now for those who've put their hands up actually all of us we can support our brothers and sisters can you pray this prayer with me amen dear Lord Jesus I welcome you into my heart I want you to be the king of my life and the savior of my soul I forgive me for my sins and I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins And so I welcome you into my life. I give you my whole heart to you. 
in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's just give Jesus all the praise, honor, and glory. Thanks for listening to Sky and SIB's podcast and stay tuned for our next episode. If you would like to contribute and support our ministry, please visit our website at www.skynsib.com and scroll down to the giving segment in order to give. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media at SIB on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Till next time, have a great day.